0: Welcome to What's Up? Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as What, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the Old Tutoring Center Suite on the third floor of the University Center Building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus, my name is Whitney, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Michaela,
1: and my pronouns are she, her. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team and will be the host for this podcast. Let's get into it.
2: Hi, guys. Welcome back to What's Up Wellness from the Third Floor. Happy Friday when you're listening to this. Happy Monday to me and Whitney when we're recording this. Um... Whitney, how was your weekend this weekend? It was sunny. It was nice. How
1: was
0: it? it? Yeah, it was very sunny. It was very nice. Um, I was at the restaurant as per usual. Um, It was Mother's Day this past weekend. And so Sunday was very busy. Actually, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. The restaurant, it was pretty well, even though it was busy. I think people were really nice um, because they kind of expected there to be a wait. I mean, it's Mother's Day. It's busy. It's brunch, so it wasn't as bad as I expected. And speaking of nice weather, you just reminded me when it was my actual weekend on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> um, I went on a hike. I went to Archer Mountain which is on Washington side of the gorge and it was really pretty and you can kind of like go to the ledge which is kind of dangerous actually not kind of it's dangerous please be careful if you do this hike you can kind of go to the edge and there's a really nice view of the gorge which this was my first time on the Washington side so that was really exciting What about you Michaela how was your mother's day weekend
2: that's so fun. It was good. Um, okay. First of all, I want to say that I need to hike more in the gorge because I've only ever really gone to like the Vista house and Ooh,
0: I want to go there so bad.
2: It is so pretty. Okay. Yeah. I love it up there. Um, it also has a super nice, like aerial view of the gorge, but yeah, that's besides the point. Um, my weekend was good. I went to I had like kind of a busy weekend. Um, my brother is in his like high school jazz band. And every Mother's Day weekend they have Jazz Nightclub, which is oh my god, it's my favorite event that they do. Um, the jazz band like plays in this old like like historic school here in Washington. And um It's like a potluck dessert thing. Right. So everybody like brings desserts. It's so fun. I love it. I love listening to the jazz band jazz is like my favorite,
0: like, I don't know, like background music. I love studying to jazz. I was just about to say, I love studying to jazz. It is so it's a vibe. It's a vibe.
2: Yes. I always put on like coffee house jazz in the background when I'm doing literally anything. Um, so that was fun. And then yesterday for Mother's Day, um, my mom, my parents, my brother, my husband and I, we went to, um, this like farmer's market in Astoria. If any of you are on the coast, go to Astoria A, eh? but go on a Sunday because they have a very awesome, like it's like part farmer's market, part maker's market. And so there's a lot of like crafts and stuff. It's super cool. Um, It was also so sunny yesterday. My mom and I notoriously always get sunburned and we did yesterday, even though we applied so much sunscreen. So for us pasty folk, it is just not it in the summertime. Um, so I'll be getting SPF like 1 million next time, but anyway, my weekend was good. Mother's day was good. Yeah. That's about it. So, um, this week's topic is not on the topic of that but we'll be talking all about um sexually transmitted infections which are STIs and more specifically how we can destigmatize STIs and create an environment where people feel more comfortable with getting tested and getting treatment because these are really like stigmatized topics and I feel like when I was writing this like or writing the script um people just like, don't talk about it that much. And I feel like it's worth saying something about, especially because like, I feel like STIs and STDs, which are the same thing. It's just under like different names. Um, they're just like, they're talked about a lot in a negative way. So we're going to try and unpack a little bit of that. And to start out, it's really common for people to feel uncomfortable talking about STIs and talking about getting tested. And there's also a lot of misinformation and a general lack of information about STIs out there. And so, through the rest of the script in this episode, we're going to go through some of the facts, like how common STIs are, and then also how we can begin to like normalize and destigmatize them.
0: Yes, yes, Michaela, I am so excited for this episode. Michaela did such a good job. Um, with the research and writing the script out. It's amazing. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, So let's just go ahead and jump into it. So what are STIs and how common are they? Um, As Michaela mentioned, STIs are sexually transmitted infections that can be transferred through oral, anal, penis, and vagina sex. They can also be transmitted through blood, including during the use of unsterilized needles. STIs are super, super common worldwide in the US. The CDC estimates 110 million cases of STIs every year. It's also estimated that over half of the people in the United States will likely have an STI in their lifetime. Even though they're so common, they're often treated as a secretive or taboo topic and our inadequate sex education system within the United States is contributing to this as well. Um, Again, we just really wanna stress that STIs are very, very common, and it's very important to get routinely tested. There are STIs that are curable, but that you can contract again. And there are STIs that are not curable that you will have for life, but can be treated. And so I think it's important to just realize that STIs are very common and to have the actual facts, because like Michaela said, there's just so much misinformation out there that we don't want to talk about it or like we're scared to talk about it because of like it's just... It's scary. And I think when we don't talk about it, it's just even more scary, if that makes sense. Um, And so having an STI is not the end of the world. Um, There are ways to have safe sex when you do have an STI, such as using a condom and abstaining from sex if symptoms flare up. So we want to let people know that if you have an SDI, your sex life is not over. And there are ways that you can still have sex um, in a safe manner.
2: Yes. Appreciate it. And also I wanted to know, I'm glad you brought up that like so a lot of this information or misinformation is really scary. Um, and so I want to make a note that I forgot to make earlier Um I briefly mentioned that STIs and STDs are the same thing. So STI stands for sexually transmitted infection and STD stands for sexually transmitted disease. A lot of people think these are different. They are the same thing. Um, A lot of people will resort towards saying STI because it sounds less scary because disease sounds like uncurable, like you're gonna have it forever, which is not true of this. So they're the same thing, but STI is just a little more like, a little less intimidating. So um, going into this next section, we're gonna talk about how stigma affects people differently. And the stigma of STIs affects a lot of marginalized communities. We're gonna talk about three specifically that are like hit really hard by this stigmatization. Um, But it is present literally so many places so just kind of like be aware of that um we're gonna talk about how it affects people of color queer folks and sex workers and so starting with people of color um when i was doing the research for this section i found a report by the cdc this was done back in 2010 so 13 years ago um i'm not sure if there's been any updated studies on this since then but That's when this one was done. Um, And it shows that Black communities were actually overrepresented in data done on the spread of STIs. And so that falsely makes it seem like Black communities contract and spread STIs at higher rates than others. And so by not being like, by researchers not being careful in the data they're contracting and like making sure to have a diverse research population, it really heavily contributes to negative stereotypes that are then inflicted onto people of color communities to create a false image about them. And so I thought this report was a really great example of racism within research data. And I think that's not talked about a lot, but it's really like, It's a real thing and it's really negatively impacting marginalized communities. Um, And so I just wanted to note that because I was going to go like a whole different way with this script. And then I found that and I was like, that's so like, it's not even just in like STI research. Like it's kind of apparent in a lot of places, this like racism within research data. So any researchers out there listening, keep that in mind. And so next, we're going to talk about how queer folks are impacted by STI stigma. And queer folks deal with a disproportionate amount of stigma regarding STIs. This is due partially to the misinformation that has circulated around the AIDS epidemic. And they also deal with provider-based stigma. I did, or I read through a research report on this as well that I forgot to link in this article or in this script, Um, but it talks about the biases and homophobia and transphobia in healthcare. And that makes it a lot harder for queer folks and queer people of color to get tested for STIs. And so this is also kind of where that intersection of racism in healthcare and racism in research data meet up with homophobia and transphobia in healthcare. Um, So yeah, that's also an important thing to note. And then finally, sex workers are very heavily impacted by STI stigma. This is especially harmful for sex workers because of the already existing negative stereotypes that imply that they are unclean or used or easy, all of which are not true. Sex work is a valid and valuable type of work, and sex workers deserve to be treated with respect and worth. Unfortunately, STI stigma is part of the narrative we have around sex workers, and that narrative affects how we treat them and the violence that they face. And this is this ranges from like a lot of different violence. It doesn't have to be something specific just because it's SCI stigma. Um, this is gendered violence, police brutality. It's all in like how people are viewing sex workers. And just because the sex is paid for does not make it inherently any less safe or make it unclean or unmoral. And so those are just all very important things to note on like the stigma that people view SCIs with and how it affects other people because it's like, It's a really nuanced thing. It's not just like, oh, STIs are stigmatized. It's like people are stigmatized because of STI stigma, if that makes sense. So... The intersectionality between these communities comes up in a lot of different ways. Um, Health disparities within people of color, queer folks, and sex workers, among a lot of other marginalized communities, often exist and impact my members further because of other systemic injustices. And that includes a lot of different things, um, a lack of resources, poverty rates, dangerous biases, etc there's a lot more um for those who identify as members of several communities the intersectionality of sti stigma creates an even more harmful environment so that's why it's so important that we like have this conversation and talk about like ways that we can destigmatize stis because it's like they need to be destigmatized as a whole by like everybody not just like specific groups of people and so it's really just like a broad conversation i guess which is really important so
0: Yes. I love that you brought up the intersectionality between SDI or yeah, SDIs and like people of color, queer folks, sex workers, and so many more communities. Um, And it just goes to show, like I like that you said, like, it's not just on these communities to make a difference in healthcare, but it will have such a big impact in these communities, which is really important to help Destigmatizing STIs and honestly, destigmatizing a lot of different health disparities. Um, so this is honestly just one of the topics we could talk about. So yeah, let's get into how can we destigmatize STIs. Even though we talked about STIs being super common, there's still so much stigma around it. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the ways to destigmatize STIs and help others feel more comfortable when it comes to STI prevention, testing, and treatment. So, where does this stigma even come from in the first place? So, there are a lot of factors influencing the stigma around STIs from culture, family, to education, and the community surrounding us. Many haven't received comprehensive sex education that goes deeper into topics like STIs, leaving a lot of people feeling uncomfortable discussing the topic and feeling shameful if they do test positive. And I feel like, I don't know if we go deeper into this, but talking about if you do have an STI, being able to share that with your sexual partners is really important in order to have safe sex and promote I don't think promote was the word. No, I think so. Like promote healthy relationships. Yes. Okay. Maybe promote was the right word. Promote um, safe sex and safe relationships. We've talked about before about how bad sex education was growing up. And so I think because we didn't go into topics like STIs, that further stigmatizes having an STI and like, you don't know what to do if you do get tested, what to do after, and then even the fact of going to get tested is stigmatized. Similarly, because of the lack of education, some people don't know how STIs are transmitted or if slash when they should get tested. And the answer is you should get routinely um, or where you should routinely get tested, which is very important. And we also think that language is very important. And so we want to avoid using outdated language. Um, And you talked a little bit about this earlier, Michaela, um, with STIs versus STDs. Um, And so using some of the terms like using clean when talking about whether someone tested positive or negative, that really implies that STIs are "Quote unquote dirty," so we really want to try to avoid using "clean" or "dirty," and rather saying that we should be um, saying positive or negative. And so, Michaela, tell us more about what are some ways we can continue to destigmatize STIs.
2: Yes, this conversation is super important, and Winnie talked about this a little bit a minute ago, but one of the most important things you can do to destigmatize STIs is talk about them more openly. That's kind of like my broad message in this section is just to talk about them. Um, Talk with your partners about STIs and getting tested. Talk to someone you trust or your healthcare provider about STI prevention or testing or treatment or any other information you want to know. And as a side note, we're going to go a little bit into how we can talk to our partners about STIs. And so first and foremost, just be open to discussing it before having sex um, and be clear why it's important, both in terms of health and communication, to get tested beforehand. I'm going to share some conversation starters that were posted on Planned Parenthood's website about how to like start the conversation around um, STIs and getting tested. And so here are a couple. And you can like say these to your partner. You can also like practice them beforehand with other people. I'll go into that more in a minute. Um, But yeah, so the first one is... This is hard for me to talk about, but I care about you, and I think it's important. How do you feel about going to get tested for STIs together? And then another option is, FYI, I got tested for STIs last month, and I didn't have anything. Have you ever been tested? I want us to make sure that we are taking care of each other. And then another good option is, I think it's important to be honest, so I want to tell you that I got tested for STIs last month and found out I had chlamydia. I took medicine and I don't have it anymore, but it showed me how common and sneaky STIs are. Have you ever been tested? And so conversation starters like these um, and creating safe spaces for talking about STIs and testing shows that we care about and respect our partners And a big thing to note is that getting tested for STIs is not about cheating, and it's not about whether or not you trust your partner. It's about ensuring safety for everyone involved, especially because STIs are so common. And so if you test positive for an STI and you need to share that information with other sexual partners, there are a couple things you can do. First, you can start up by reading up on the facts about STIs and the resources that we'll share in the description Remember that STIs are common and that you're not alone and share this information with your partners in a safe space where you will not be interrupted and be open to discussing next steps with them as well. Especially if you have like educated yourself on the STI that you've tested positive for, and maybe they don't know as much about it. Um, it's good to just create a space for you to openly discuss it with your partners. And so you can also, like I said earlier, practice this scenario or practice those conversation starters with yourself or someone you trust, especially if it's a little like nerve wracking for you to like get into that conversation or if you've never done it before. And then I will link The website I'm about to talk about in the description, this is really important. If you need to notify a partner post-sex about possible STI testing, but you don't feel safe or comfortable doing so, there's this website called tellyourpartner.org, and it will anonymously text sexual partners with this information. And so you don't have to specifically tell them like face-to-face or over text or anything that you tested positive for an STI, um, tell your partner does it anonymously. They don't know it's you. There's not really any like danger involved for you because it can be really scary if you're in an unsafe situation, but you want them to know that they should probably go get tested for an STI. Um, so that will be linked in the description. I think there's other, like other websites that will do a similar thing, maybe on anonymous, but this one is anonymous. So very important information and i will hand it over to Whitney to talk about some other ways to destigmatize.
0: That's really incredible. I did not know that there's a website that anonymously will text sexual partners about this information. I think that's really good for safety purposes and i'm so glad like that that exists because i did not even think about that. And so it's kind of wild to know all of these things that exist, but we might not know about it. So I'm really glad that this already exists and we're spreading the word out to people. And it's partner.org. Is that? Or tell. Oh, tellyourpartner.org. Okay. Tellyourpartner.org. The link will be in the description. And kind of like what we were talking about earlier, language is super important. And so like I said earlier, staying away from language or terms like clean that implies cleanliness or dirtiness around STIs um, can really help destigmatize talking about STIs and that language that we're using. Um, So using terms like positive and negative when talking about STI testing can be really helpful. And then like we said, like STIs are super common and have nothing to do with someone's hygiene. Um, and other harmful language that can include unnecessary slang around STIs, um, such as crabs, the clap, etc. cetera. Um, some casual slang can be okay if both parties are very clear about the STIs they're referring to and if they understand the STI as well. Okay. And we're going to give you a little fun fact real quick
2: um, on where the name of the clap came from. And Bella shared this with me during our meeting, looking over the script and it was kind of funny. So I'm going to share it all with you. Uh, Back, like, I don't know how long ago, But it is not used anymore. But the treatment for the clap used to be like you went to the doctor and essentially you got your penis clapped by the doctor, which is super painful. No way. Yeah. So like that's where that comes from, which is kind of interesting. That's wild. Yeah. So fun fact for you all, look into where these names came from because they're kind of wild and you'll learn something. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that, Michaela. <laughs> Um Yeah, so using slang over the actual name of different STIs makes them seem a lot more scary and rare. Um, and when many STIs are super common and more people can benefit from having open conversations about them. And that kind of just reminds me of like when you're a little kid and your parents don't call like a penis, a penis, like they call it different names. So I don't know. I just think language overall is very important, especially when we're trying to destigmatize certain things around healthcare and like our body. So, yeah, that's just different ways that we can uh, continuously destigmatize STIs. Um, Another way is to get routinely tested. This is super important and can't be said enough, guys. Can't be said enough. Um, Getting routinely STI tested or, yeah, going to get a routine STI test helps keep you and your partner safe and helps you get treatment as soon as possible if you do test positive for an STI. We will have... A campus well article coming out that we'll talk about at the end um but knowing what sti you do get if you do get a positive test for an sti knowing more information about it can help knowing the sti that you do test positive for will help you get more information about what treatment you can receive and as soon as possible too because you want to get that treatment as soon as possible um and so let's be real let's just say it stop treating stis like it's the end of the world it's really not um but while it's important to get tested and treated there are or stis are a lot less scary than the stigma might have you think and so Definitely, the more we talk about it, the less stigmatized it's going to be. Um, and you're not less valuable or worthy of sex affection if you test positive for an STI. Because once again, you can have sex again and you probably will have sex again. And so um, I just think bottom line is that it's not the end of the world. It's more common than you think. And it's not as scary as the world or like stigma might have us believing. Another way we can destigmatize as having an STI or testing positive for an STI is to create safer spaces around talking about it or having an STI. And so this includes showing others that you're accepting and won't inflict judgment if they confide in you about their own experiences with STIs. Um, And this kind of opens the door for open conversations around STIs and connects people um, with the necessary resources for treatment and support. And I think this is really important because whether you're talking to your partners um, or you want to practice talking about it, if you're a friend or a partner that someone goes to and shares their own experiences with STIs, how you react really matters. And I think how you react can kind of set the tone for them either talking to other partners or kind of like change their perspective on how they want to talk about it. And so I think how you react as a person or around talking about STIs can really influence like someone else's confidence to talk about it as well.
2: And I think it also just influences like how much trust they have in you in the friendship in general. And I think it's like, if you, if someone like confides in you about something like this and you have a poor reaction to it, they're not going to feel like they can trust you about other things too. And so I think it even like, I like that you brought this up because it goes back to like this broader conversation of like, how we like treat people in our relationships and like the communication we have. And I think like all these things like link together, I guess if that makes sense. That was kind of a tangent, but
0: yeah. No, no, for sure. And I feel like talking about STIs, if you do test positive, is such a vulnerable thing. And I think, like, I always value vulnerability. And so I think that when you're going into the conversation in hopes to have safe sex and protect the people that you love and care about, like that's a really good way to start the conversation and go into it with that mindset. I just want to recognize it's such a vulnerable conversation and it can be very hard um, to start the conversation, which is why I really liked that Planned Parenthood kind of had those talking points. So if you're unsure where to start, you can start with those. And as always, shack is a really good place to go um, for non- Non judgmental and safe STI testing and prevention resources. Um, we'll have some links to make sure you know how to make an appointment in the description. Um, and we also want to thank Nurse Jackie, shout out Nurse Jackie um, at Shack for giving us so much information and insight for this podcast episode. And we also have a Campus Well article coming out this week
2: written by yours truly, me. Yes where I talk about more of the specific types of STIs and also like a rundown of what to do next if you test positive and what will happen next with testing and treatment. And so it kind of goes into like next steps if you're if you do test positive for an STI and you're feeling really lost. Um it's kind of just a guide of like where you can go to get an appointment, where you can go to get tested, resources, what treatment might look like and also the reiteration of the fact that you can have sex again, which is always important. So, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you learned something new. And we hope that you destigmatize STIs with your friends and your families and your sexual partners. So, yeah, I think that's all for this episode.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good week.
1: We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. If you liked this episode and wanna support the podcast, you can share it with your friends or follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us today. We at Shack are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number at 503-725-2800. If you're looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your PDX email every Wednesday, or you can download the CampusWell app. Also, feel free to check out the virtual Mind spa experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including resource links in the episode description, as well as the link to the episode transcript. If you have any questions about health, wellness, shack, or anything we discussed in this podcast, please fill out the Google form in the episode description. That's all for this episode. Thanks again for listening and take care. We'll see you next week on What's Up Wellness from the Third Floor.